Omnus Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnus, and in a special LVO recap episode, I am breaking all of my rules, and there are two people on this show in addition to myself. So, Danny Modesto, my co-host, welcome back. Uh, wonderful as always. And then also joining us is Zach Cohen, um, who did the recap with me for LVO last year, and I just... It needed to be the triage of all three of us. Welcome back, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we all went we all went to Vegas. We all came back. We survived. Thankfully, no con crud amongst us. Um, but uh, let's uh, just before we get into everything, I thought it might be fun to uh, just share like general thoughts on like looking forward to LVO. We've all been to them before. Um, and let's go ahead and start with Danny. Danny, like, you've done LVO for War Machine events before this. Like, what were your thoughts going into, uh, going into LVO? Uh, yeah, I've been to several of these, and this was the largest I think I've been to. Um, and just seeing this, like, how much of the rear we took up. Um, like, all the rooms were full. They're going pretty much nonstop, right, from morning to almost midnight, uh, <laughs> a lot of the evenings. Um, and there's a lot of people, a lot of fun. It was a great run event. You know, uh, the staff there was awesome. Uh, like, everything just went very smoothly. I don't think we were short on any water or anything. Um, so it was, just, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Zach? What was your what your, your pre-thoughts? Uh, last year was actually the first LVO I had ever gone to, so mostly just, like, one event to base my, those expectations off of, but yeah, like Danny said, it ran incredibly smoothly, um, there weren't any hitches in, like, the organization over the whole weekend, which was a massive accomplishment when you're dealing with, like, almost 200 players across all the MCP events, (laughs) so that was super impressive. Awesome. Yeah, I... I will admit, I kind of missed the Bally's days a little bit, which, obviously, Zach, you you missed those. Um, I like that location. But it's been really cool to see it grow. And an after report, I've, I've heard, I don't know the exact numbers on this, but it sounds like as far as attendance goes for any other games, MCP is only beaten by Age of Sigmar and 40K for... Wow. Um, for LVO. So that was, that I was not expecting. Um, and when I heard that, that's a pretty um, big jump. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, a good chance that, you know, things are going to double next year. Um, and just seeing, um, I mean, I, I loved seeing the 91 person invitational to kind of, uh, the, uh, LCQ people trying to get into the invitational 91 players for like a single, um, a single event, and then you guys, I think both of you guys were doing scrambles on, on Friday as well. Zach, do you want to, mm-hmm. you want to tell your, your talk about your Friday scramble experience? Uh, yeah, I played two scrambles, uh, both of which only were two games. One of the first one, my last round opponent just didn't show. And then the second one, we wanted to end a little early to go get dinner. Um, but I got 
most of my losing out of the way that day. I played terribly <laughs> on Friday, but I got to play some spider foes uh, in two of those games, and then my regular Guardians list in two of them. Was that just kind of shaken so, off rust, or you just weren't play- like weren't in the zone yet? Like, what what do you think that was? Uh, yeah, I think part of it was not really in the zone, um, messing around with some bad matchups and kind of seeing how to play into those and experimenting with stuff and just kind of in general taking more of that time to like hang out and chat with my opponents more than uh, like focus as much on the games. That makes sense. What about you, Danny? You you decided not to do scrambles on Friday and you helped me um, from an organizational side. Um, has that been a uh, was that a little bit of a shift for you? Yeah. I mean, it's always different running something versus being in something, right? Um, but it was a lot of fun. Got to meet lots and lots of people. Uh, a lot of faces to names, right? Because, like, I'm looking at the list of tables, the names that everyone else is playing. And I can see who's playing what. And be like, oh, okay. Um, a lot of people just on Discord, we got to, to meet up and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Very nice. Yeah, speaking of not knowing people's names, I'm not sure how many people got called Omnis this weekend, but I know at least Danny and DeLuca both got called Omnis <laughs> at one point. I mean, it's easy to see why DeLuca would get called, right? <laughs> He's just younger, yeah. younger Omnis. Yeah. Danny's not even bald. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, Danny was just, you know, being uh, administrative and then mentioned podcasts. And someone was like, are you, oh, are you on this? And I thought that was super funny. But, uh, yeah, you could cosplay, though. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can work on that. Um, all right. Well, uh, Danny, this is uh, I, I'm curious um, your thoughts. Do you have a do you have a question you want to pose to the group or something that you were just curious about from our experiences? Sure. I was going to start the ball with, was there an interesting interaction that you saw that you hadn't personally run into before? Like, can you give me an example? I'm trying to, like, make sure I understand what so you mean. So, an example I ran into, I can start off this question, actually, um, was during the LCQ. I think it was Kirkhoff's first game, right? Um, first casual. There was a situation where a model was shooting in to Kirkhoff's model, right? And he sacrifices into Hawkeye. Hawkeye is now targeted by attack, so he quick draws mm. and shoots, and I'm pretty sure KOs the model <laughs> that was shooting at it. And I just saw the interaction, I was like, huh, I never thought to sacrifice the Hawkeye to quick draw before. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of nasty... Yeah, he's got a lot of nasty, like, tricky sacrifice plays with that shield list. Yeah, and so, like, those are just situations, like, I, you know, I just never run into that before and go, like, it logically makes sense when you think about the rules interaction, but it's just not something that, it just is common. Like, there's not a lot of Hawkeye players. Yeah, that's, uh, that was crazy when I heard about it, and you just realize that with his list in particular, you do way more during your opponent's turn than, than just about anyone else. Um, and that's not something that there's a lot of, like, outside of, like, spy, like, trap house foes kind of stuff i'm sure zach gets a little bit of that action nah i don't play that kind of foes but you've got you still got green goblin right you still occasionally yeah, blow yeah. green up goblin stuff. mysterio yeah, yeah. but still... it's not nearly as much as with shield yeah oh yeah the shield is like playing half the game on their opponent's turn yeah i started really wondering if we're gonna see um see someone experiment with like an avengers version of it 
try, you know, obviously you lose eye, but maybe, you know, you can run a lot of the same models. Um, you have similar, um, some similar affiliations like with Hawkeye and such. And, you know, we, we, you've heard people talk about it forever. Like people talking about doing the like counter attack, like counter attack list. And it obviously Vince proved it's viable. So I'm excited to see what else, what else spawns from that now that it's seen, you know, a, a very large stage. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely ground there to cover. It's just something that takes so many reps to, like, get right and to know the best ways to play it and to actually, like, set up those dominoes that your opponent can knock over uh, or maybe your traps for them to step in or rakes, I should say, for them to step on, <laughs> hit themselves in the face. Vince's, Vince's analogy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the things that I um, that I really like seeing was um and i'm also going to talk about this in an lvo stats episode with jacob but one of the things that i just thought was cool was you know we spent a good chunk of this game not really having the like oh i lost priority and now i get to force this specific situation on you which you're gonna hate doesn't come up very often and the number of times i heard people go well i got brotherhood and have priority but i ended up with senators at 19 and that game sucked right like we we haven't had that much of it in the past um and now i think the it it makes me think that maybe there's a, a little shift towards like we need to think about the crisis situation in a in a larger besides just I win priority I take my secures unless they have the same secures um, I think it's I think it's getting more complicated and I think that's that's probably good for the game even if I'm not sure if senators is <laughs> yeah I mean I think the extracts are there's some of them that are a lot more polarizing than people may have like noticed like it wasn't until one of my games in one of those scrambles that I was talking about where I realized like, okay, I'd known that paranoia was probably bad for me, especially against X-Men, but I hadn't quite grasped just how bad that <laughs> yeah, one can I, be. And like, I, I fought against brotherhood on senators a few times and like, that's brutal. I think more people probably should be taking extracts when they win priority. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's certainly a thing to consider now. Um, but while we're kind of talking about people's lists and stuff, I'm curious, um, does anybody have a favorite list that they saw over the course of LVO? Danny, do you have one that really stood out to you where you're like, that list is kind of badass? Either you're like, don't want to play against it or kind of want to try it? I am jealous of all the Brotherhood players right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so jealous of all the cool toys and all the fun stuff when yeah. they're running around. Now I'm just looking out the window, staring out. Man, Brotherhood's in but, a good spot. Yeah, like, Ooh, yeah. just seeing the, the, the big beefy boy squad, it was like Hulk, Rhino, <laughs> Mystique, Toad, and Jugs. And I was like, uh, I don't want to fight this. And anything <laughs> you punch, it's just like damage reduction. I run away. I get more power. I run away. I throw you. I, you run away. I see your token. I run away. It's like, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. You just beat me up and I run and cry. Yeah. Brotherhood. Whew. They're, they're going to, they're, it's going to be a brotherhood heavy year. I think I can't imagine that. It's yeah. not. Oh, I mean, it gets to it in the stats episode, but they were heavily favored. Yeah. And the invitational for sure. They're yeah. One of only two affiliations uh, that had multiple in the top eight. Yeah. 
yeah, no, that's I. What about you, Zach? Do you have a do you have a roster that stood out to you, or you're just like that's pretty fucking cool? Yeah, um, it was my round five opponent, um, Alexander Ornoff, uh, and he was playing Hydra Cabal, but his list was just loaded with so many crazy threats. He's obviously got Red Skull Master of Hydra, but he also has Mind Space Thanos, Hulk, and Malekith. And he's running Black Cat and Voodoo, um, and with uh, Hydra, with Red Skull's leadership, is able to fuel them for being really scary. So when we sat down to that, I had no idea what to expect. I thought that was a super cool list. That sounds nuts. That that definitely sounds like something where their pivot potential is pretty heavy. You're like, what? Yeah. What do I prepare for here? Like, how do I select characters? Yeah, it took me a really long time to pick the threat value for that game. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Alec. Always a great player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say, um, kind of on the topic of Red Skull as well, I thought Reef's roster was really cool. The, like, Sam Avengers slash Hydra. Like, that was just really interesting. And, like, seeing him play it on stream, that, that certainly is a roster where I'd have to dissect it some more to really understand when you play which side um and then like how is that roster like now that you've seen the meta like what does reef do with the roster next um i'm almost certainly gonna bug him for an episode like i've i've i liked following his sin stuff and it's it's always cool whenever you hear some insight from morgan as to what reef is doing and um just a really solid player so i thought that roster was was very cool um, yeah it's an interesting one it's got like a lot of None of the picks are surprising for an Avengers or a Hydra roster, but the pairing of Hydra and Avengers is what's really interesting about that to me. Yeah, and it it seemed to give give him some good coverage. Obviously, he um, you know he he got into the top eight, but uh, mm-hmm. you know um, ended up five and one overall. So, like, I mean, that's credit. There's a lot of great players who did not end up five and one overall. So. That, that that certainly speaks to both the strength of Avengers and Hydra, and they're they both splash relatively well. They both have characters that lots of other affiliations are happy to take. Yeah, and uh, want some of the same splash characters as a lot of other affiliations, which I find is one of the hardest things when dual affiliating, more so than affiliated characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's let's get away from rosters for a moment. Um, let's talk favorite social moments of LVO, and I'm not going to restrict you to pick one. I'll be very flexible. So any any special moments that you want to um, that you want to share, and I'm I'm curious if if things kind of feel like they're back to normal ish. Like obviously LVO last year, we were 100% masks. It did not feel quite on the social level of pre pre you know pre covid conventioning um but um I, I can make zach start off um zach what was your favorite social moments of lvo sure um i think my favorite social moment was uh we had a fairly big contingent out from texas so each city only had kind of a couple people yeah but on friday night we all got together and went to fogo to chow and that was a lot of fun. Uh, really good food, great food, but just like kind of bringing together the uh, the Lone Star contingent <laughs> and uh, seeing how we were going to try to take things down. 
Dude, the the whole Texas meta is getting a little crazy. Like, it's starting to give me War Machine flashbacks, you know? Um, well, we've you, got, we've Sooner, got some big stuff Ryan, Amon, and, you know, uh, I Texas is going to be a meta to to worry about. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you, Danny? What's favorite social moments of LVO? Oh, I was going to say, always has been, always will for Texas meta. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's be honest, right? Uh, favorite moments. I have a couple. I tried to do dinner with different groups of people every night, uh, just because there's a lot of people I wanted to meet and hang out with. Uh, went to the Voodoo restaurant, the steakhouse in the Rio. Okay. When I met a bunch of people, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, like never met in person, I met Reef there, met Sam Finger Guns. So, uh, just a lot of people, you know, I just, uh, like faces to names sort of thing. And so it was nice to just hang out, talk to people about, you know, like non gaming stuff and sort of get to meet the, the person behind just the persona. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Also a lot of great stakes. And then my second favorite was actually playing with Hype Viper and Alec was, uh, in, in a local will, uh, Separation Anxiety, which I had never played any of the kids, <gasps> never played any of the stuff. Straight oh, up so my good. first time. It was so good. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. I was like, oh, this is like a fun mini game. Let's do this. Yeah. Yes. It's total chaos. It's great. Yeah. We're, so this will be a little spoiler for next year. Um, this should be semi-locked in at this point, but we're talking about having um, at least four tables specifically set up for separation anxiety running the whole convention. So they'll oh, just nice. be like a whole section. And we're gonna, the goal is to have four mats specifically printed with just the separation anxiety um, template on the mat. Oh, so it'll be like four. So, you know, you know exactly where to set up, you know where to put everything. And then maybe also like do the terrain, a little like symbiote themed with like some crash canisters and ooze and stuff. Um, give me some Ninja Turtle vibes. Um, Cause it's just such a great, um, it's such a great uh, uh, OP kit in general. And I don't want to spoil too much already, but one of the, one of my big goals was that I miss like the Sunday nights of Warfare Weekend. Danny knows what I'm talking about. Any of the listeners who did Warfare Weekend, like it was a really big social party, and it's been kind of hard to like have that same feel at a big uh, Vegas resort that what you'd get having like a smaller hotel that's basically filled with all of the same nerds. Um, but we have a plan brewing for a Sunday night. Um, kind of after party for next year, which part of the goal would be to have uh, separation anxiety tables set up where everybody could hang out. And um, so, I, hopefully, there'll be more news about that in the future. But that's something that's in the works. Um, let's see. Uh, I still have to answer the question that we're asking, which was best social moments. Um, let's see. I tried to do what Danny did and was go to dinner with different people, um, which. I knew that Friday night I was not going to get to go to dinner with really anyone. It was Steph and I afterwards just going and getting a dirt dog at <laughs> at the end of the day, basically. Um, and then because I was getting so mentally drained from everything, I just really... My strategy was, like, Saturday night, I just poked Jesse, and I was just like, Jesse, am I going to dinner with you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you are. I'm like, cool, you just tell me where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and but that ended up having like Deluca and Sploosh and Amon and um 
uh, and so, and it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, and then I poked sploosh, uh, Sunday night. Um, and while it had a bunch more people, it was also like a very similar group of people. Um, so it didn't end up being like that different, but it was, uh, it was a blast. The fucking Sunday night dinner ended up being crazy and have like 20 people. And I barely heard what was going on on the other side of the table. Um, but it was just, it was really good to see everybody again. Really good to like talk with some of the other content creators and just not have everything be through discord and feeling like conventioning was a little bit back to normal. But, um, I was also just really nice. Like there was a lot of people that just came up to like, just talk about MCP and the MCP community and stuff throughout the event. There was even people that were there playing other games that MCP was kind of their second game and they still wanted to come by and see how things were going and say hi. And, um, and that was, that was awesome. And, um, I'll do a, a shout out to, uh, Erica. It didn't hit me until I was talking with her. Cause I've been thinking a lot lately about how, um, what it's like to go to your first, like fly to convention. Um, and this hit me when Dizzard was telling his stories last year about, um, Nova, I believe. And I hadn't occurred to me that he had never done a convention before. And I thought that was really cool. And I was like, Oh man, like people don't, people don't realize how fun this is, especially until you go to it. Cause it's, it's not cheap. It's fucking expensive. God, some of those Vegas meals was like $50 plus per person. Yeah. It was, it hit the wallet hard. Um, but when I was talking with Erica and it just hit me cause she was like, yeah, and this is like her first gaming convention to really go to. And then it was like, oh, it's the one that I'm pouring so much passion and stuff into is then getting to be somebody's first, um, gaming experience. Um, that like, that hit me in a way I wasn't really expecting, um, and so that was, that was something that just kind of like stuck with me the whole weekend. Um, so, um, but did you guys say like, how did, uh, how did things feel overall as like compared to pre COVID? Like how close to feeling normalish was it? I think it felt basically back to normal. Um, there were okay. a few people wearing masks, but it was kind of everybody's choice individually. Uh, didn't seem like there were any real restrictions in place. And I, like, I personally, I felt safe without a mask or restrictions, so that was kind of a nice return to normalcy. Yeah, but it makes sense that some people are... I think some people are just going to wear masks. Because it's like, honestly, if you wear a mask the whole con, you are not going to get con crud. Like, 99%. Oh, and that's... Yeah. Especially if you're on, like, a short vacation time. Like, you only can take so many days off. And you know you have to go right back to work. That probably keeps you keeps you feeling fresh and prepared. Um, what did you think, Danny? Was it kind of back to normal? Uh, yeah, my big takeaway was that a lot of the nightlife stuff going on in town was actually happening, where a lot of stuff last time was kind of shut down, mm, shut down early, yeah. right? Like dinners would be done by like 10, where we're going at like midnight and stuff, getting food. Um, so in that, in that sense, like the town was more alive. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely felt very busy in general, but also... Yeah. There ended up being, uh, you know, the, the, the divisional game of football going on at the same time, which is not usually something that happens during LVO until they extended the season. Uh, it used to be, it'd be Pro Bowl weekend, but now, um, it's still a, a playoff, playoff weekend. So I think that made things crazier too. 
Um, but well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the Invitational. So, uh, Zach, I know you didn't really want the bracket to go up Friday <laughs> night, um, but what was your what was your first thoughts going into like? You've seen the bracket, you saw your your first round opponent and like who you're potentially playing in the later rounds. What what was your what was your what, what was going through your head as you you started to see all of this and started to like get into that zone? Um so that went up yeah, Friday night. So that was the night that I mentioned that the uh, the Texas folks went out. So we were yeah. all kind of comparing brackets <laughs> and it was nice cuz we realized that none of us would have to play another Texan until like round three or four at the earliest. Um, So that was a cool thing to compare. I was, I was like both happy and sad about my matchup. I was happy because uh, I had criminal syndicate round one, which I think is a very good matchup for guardians and not not sad, but apprehensive because it was a Christian Charling who was an amazing player and who beat me at LVO last year. So it was sort of a like shot at redemption. Um, <laughs> You're like, please don't I, let him knock me out again, but I kind of <laughs> want retribution. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it was good. It was nice kind of seeing that. And then I tried not to think about it too much for the rest of the night. I, I want to go in more or less fresh. That makes sense. What about you, Danny? What was your thoughts seeing uh, seeing your, your bracket and your opponents and how things were going to start off? Easy. X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like, fuck. Every goddamn time. Fought so many X-Men. I mean, like, odds are you're going to run into some at least once yeah. right in the event. But uh, they're, they're just in a really good spot. Yeah, uh, It was a very close game. Uh, it was a lot of fun against uh, Spellshock, one of our Discord uh, buds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. one I saw. I was like, ooh. <laughs> the, like, there was certainly a part of me that wanted to stream that game, but um, uh, I was trying not to put too much X-Men on stream because I thought <laughs> there would be too many later on, but uh, that did not end up quite being the case. But uh, um, I will say from a running things perspective... My biggest fear was Friday night, there was one person that we never got a hold of that said they were coming, and I had this dread that they were going to show up Saturday morning and be like, I flew out for the Invitational after their spot had been given away because they did not check in Friday night. Um, I will say one of the coolest moments of the con was late Friday night. I'm adding the people to the LCQ. It ended up being perfect where we were able to take all the undefeated and all the X and ones and they all got in. And then it hit a certain point. I had not heard from this one last person who had not seemed to show up. And so we were going to take one three and two person and number 18 wasn't there. And then somebody knew number 19 and was like calling them, but couldn't get an answer. And then the the highest ranked person from the three and twos who was present was Drunk Poet, was his Longshanks name, and uh, gave gave a few more minutes to see if we could get a hold of anyone. And I was like, all right, you're in. You're number 64. And that was a really cool moment to see. I don't think either of you guys were there, but there was so many high fives going around and people were joking around with him about how he outpositioned his opponents because he was there. And it was, 
it was pretty fucking cool. I almost wanted to stream his first game after he, like, ninja'd in perfectly. But that was just, I think that's one of those special moments that if you're, if you're not there, um, you, you, you just miss it. And I was just like, it was one of those things I was just really glad to see. Um, uh, I was there. And it was funny seeing them go down the list and everyone else left because they're like, oh, we're going to go to dinner and everything, yeah. right? Like uh, uh, a three and three couldn't get in. Um, uh, X and two, sorry, is what it is. Four and two, get it. Yeah. And you're going down the list and they were like cleaning up and they were talking with other friends who had got it, but they hadn't left yet, right? Because they had to play the last round. Yeah. And the number hits them and they look at each other like, wait, who? They're like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Right. Uh, and they were so excited about the bro getting in. They're all together. And you could just see them walking away going like, huh, guess you really should stay through all the games, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta stick it out. Yeah. And I was telling people, like, as things were continuing in round five, anyone who asked me, I, I said, like, any, there's multiple people who asked me in round five of the LCQ, like, hey, you know, wh- what are the odds? How many people are getting in? And I was telling people at that point, I was doing the math every round, and I was like, this looks like all the X and ones get in, and there might be a three and two that gets in as well. There might be one, um, is what it was looking like to me. And I, I told multiple people that. Um, and so it wasn't a situation like I was telling people no three and twos get in. If you asked me earlier on in the event, um, I said there was a good chance that most of the, most of the four and ones were, were going to get in. Um, but that was just, it was cool how it worked out. And I think that was a special moment. And I do feel bad for the person who, um, I'd rolled out. Obviously I don't blame people for wanting to do Vegas stuff, but, um, for next year, I would say like, if you did reasonably well, I just wouldn't bolt too quick. I tried to like I tried to have all of those like answers like by eight o'clock so that you could still do other things. Um and that was part of the part of the goal there. And man, do I appreciate like anyone who's listening, all of the uh people who qualified and just did a really good job checking in with me so that I knew that you were there and then got all of your rosters in. There was there was only like one or two people that I had to check in with kind of like after 7.30 and be like, put your roster in. Um, and I was really glad I was not chasing down people for that. Um, and so that, that was just like, oh, fucking thank God. Um, but anyway, uh, enough about kind of the, the, the pre-experience. Uh, why don't, why don't we hear about some of like how the, how the invitational games went? Like how, how were the tables? How did everything work out? Um, Danny, you want to, you want to start us off? Like what was your invitational experience? Uh, it was great. A lot of fun. A lot of great games. Uh, got to meet a lot of people from around the country. Uh, my favorite game was probably my last one against web warriors. Because it went all the way to round seven, and I won by a single point. Oh, Jesus. Against Web Warriors. So it was an absolutely brutal game where uh, they just, I had Hulk, and they just couldn't deal with him. And he just stuck through the entire game not dying. Is it just me, or does it, it seems like more games are coming down to one point than before like i saw comebacks where there was a game that somebody was losing and then they just managed to score just enough they they had a big comeback in the last round and scored a bunch and they got up like 18 to 17 um am i crazy or was this like is that seem like that's kind of the case in a lot of games 
Uh, I don't know. I haven't really been seeing that. I've certainly been okay. seeing like control of the game swap throughout the rounds, but okay. uh, at least for me, I'm not seeing a ton of like super close one point uh, one point differences. Okay, fair. But it might also depend on what affiliations people are playing. Oh yeah, I mean that that can certainly matter. Well, Zach, what what about your uh, invitational experience? You uh, you also played all six rounds. Yeah, well, sort of. I had a no-show my first round of day two. Uh, I think he was just out enjoying Vegas stuff too late uh, Friday night (laughs) or Saturday Saturday night. Um, But yeah, I I had some really good games. Um, I think my my game with Vince was probably my best game, which was the one that I lost. But that was a game where... I have never seen an advantage position fall apart so dramatically so fast. <laughs> was that your advantage position <laughs> fell yep. apart? Yep. Can you, I don't want to do like a full game recap, but now I'm curious. Like, what was? What, can you describe sure. the situation a little bit? Yeah. So there were um, two key moments. Uh, one of them was very similar to what you were talking about before with the uh, sacrifice into Hawkeye for the shot back. I had my Quicksilver attacking one of his models, um, got the... He sacrificed into Bullseye. Uh, Quicksilver got the trigger to make another attack, and he eye in the sky out of that attack which would give me a new action, but before that action take would take place, Bullseye gets to use Parting Shot, and my Quicksilver only had one health left, um, dazing him in the middle of his activation. The other big one, and this is where the Sandcastle really fell apart, was I had my Groot um, going, and on, I think, his first action, KO'd his Howling Commandos, and Groot's got five health left. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to take a shot from Bucky, but I should be okay. Because uh, then I'm going to take a second action, follow me into Rocket, and b- assuming Rocket's a- activation goes, like, average, have the game in, like, a really good spot for me. Bucky KOs Groot, which means I don't get to follow me into Rocket, which means he gets to KO Rocket. And then I'm left with just an injured Quicksilver and uh, Star Lord. After that, it was uh, it was really rough. Yeah, savage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vince just wrecking people during their activations. Yep, <laughs> it's like the worst feeling too. Because you're like, I have agency. I no longer have agency. This is terrible. Yep. <laughs> Wait, this is my turn, not your. And Vince is like, no, no, you don't understand, Zach. Your turns are my turns. <laughs> And now it's my my turn. Yeah, that was your my turn, and now this is my my turn. <laughs> oh, that that should be his that should be his his thing overall. Um, man, I uh, you know, um, it was kind of cool when it hit a point where I could like sit down and just like straight up judge the last two streamed games. Um, I still constantly wanted to like get up every time I heard someone. Um, uh. Every time I would hear someone, you know, yell and, um, man, and like watching like Vince play against, um, pretty sure it was Vince and Wreath and just how much, um, man, how much, uh, like just dude, Red Skull just folded to, <laughs> uh, to shield. That was, uh, that was a, a little bit of a rough watch just getting them like torn apart. Um, 
I'm just like, man, if I don't have a bodyguard for Red Skull, I just don't, I just don't feel like that guy lives through stuff. But no, he's not man. a durable model. His his defense is killing everything around him before they can kill him. Yeah, I mean, it is nice that he can be immune to collisions. It's nice to have like that part off the table. But a lot of time, he's just like four physical defense with like six health, like five or six mm-hmm. health is pretty common, and that's just like. That's kind of average, right? That that can just like fold to any kind of serious pressure, um, but um, man, but when he gets to kill stuff, I think oh, Red Skull is certainly going to be yeah. a yeah. Red Skull is going to be a character. I think we're going to see a lot of this year in a lot of in a lot of different places, utilized in different ways. Um, just just a really tough, really tough dude. Um, so. I didn't. I mean, there was only a few of the tables at LVO that were mine. Tyson painted an insane amount of terrain in like the last month before LVO. It was kind of crazy. Um, what did you guys think in general about um, the tables and the different you know layouts and stuff that you played on? Um, good, bad. I know we kind of erred towards having some of the the terrain try to be like. You know, there was a lot of buildings that were size fours that I think people in their local stores probably would have counted it as fives. Um, but, um, Danny, what did you think yeah, about there uh, was, the terrain um, overall? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that last comment about the discrepancy of some of the sizes and terrain. Um, some of them were, and also some of the shapes were awkward, like the place on them. Like there was like one building that had like pipes off it and everything, like like a sewage plant or something. And so placing a model there, like they're not stable, right? Even though they clearly yeah. can fit in the area. And so some things just get kind of awkward. We have larger models, um, which is, you know, just hard uh, to, play around, to play around. Uh, the other thing is the the size could just like cause you visually to look at something and ignore it you're like oh it's like a four like no it's actually a three smash your dead like oh <laughs> did not think about that um so i just tried to check before games like what everything was but it, it's one of those things like the difference between um tts and in person is that sometimes people will just like get through the game and won't talk about terrain because they're like oh I, I have an idea of what this should be without really confirming it where in tts you just hover over whatever it is and that's what it is right yeah, there's certainly a few of the pieces that were just kind of awkward because you could stand on them, but then they also had other pieces sticking up. Um, there's a few of those pieces that won't be reused, or if they will, they will be on the, the casual tables. Um, oh, but yeah. One of, the, one of the other really bad offenders was actually the very cool looking like crystals, right? Oh, because like yeah. the, it was so smooth on that one that you put a mod on there. Like someone hitting the table down the row caused my model to slide off and oh. fall off the terrain. I was like, well, that was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I had not heard that at all. So that's, that's yeah. really good to know. Well, it's just because huh. like it's uneven and it's very bumpy. So mm. if you're at all like at an angle hanging, your model will just vibration slide um, and fall off. And I was like, hmm, well, we're, we're here, right? Like, yeah, like, okay, let's just keep going. <laughs> There. All right. Well, what about you, Zach? What did you think about the terrain? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that has to be shouted out is how good it looked. And like, especially for how fast Tyson painted it. Um, it all looked incredible. But yeah, I, I really felt um, what Danny was saying about the sizes. Uh, there was one table in particular that it, it was a city table that like every piece of terrain on it was one size smaller than what it looked like it should be. Um, 
especially there was this big thing that looked like it should be a size five building that was size four. I think in general, it seemed like the terrain was a little shy on size fives. Um, in most tables, it seemed didn't have one. Um, and yeah, a lot of kind of buildings that looked like fours that ended up being threes or trucks that looked like they were fours that ended up being threes. Yeah, I think because we didn't have any of the official AMG garbage trucks, but he mm-hmm. had printed some garbage trucks. Now, if you put the gar- his garbage truck next to an AMG garbage truck, it's definitely smaller. <laughs> and it like yeah. it definitely looks smaller than like the, uh, you know, if you're like, well, if a newsstand is a size three, how is this thing not a size three? Because it kind of looks smaller. But when you don't have that comparative piece next to it, I knew as soon as we had those, I'm like, these are going to confuse some people, but man, it's weird with the New York terrain in general. Cause now, cause I picked up one of the New York FLG mats. And so I'm putting this stuff back out and I'm really remembering how fucking huge the size three bugles are and like how it's only like you compare it to like the garbage truck and they're very similar in like overall dimensions. I still swear that that bugle must've gotten upsized at some point in in design, like almost accidentally. I can't imagine it was intended to be that big. Yeah. I, I don't know. It feels like um almost regardless of what the size is of the actual piece, like the MCP community has kind of developed these heuristics about what size different things should be. Like cars and dumpsters are twos, uh small buildings and like pickup truck size vehicles are threes slightly larger buildings and truck trucks are fours and almost regardless of what the terrain looks like you just see what it represents and kind of have a size in mind yep for sure um i will say that like as we were marking stuff i kind of erred away from having too many fives because obviously once you have fives you really can't have like more than one five on competitive tables do you how important do you think it is because i mean we did not have a ton of, especially the New York tables, like we erred towards size four for a lot of the buildings. There was some, like the, obviously the sanctums were size fives and there was a couple other ones that were, that were fives that were pretty big, but like, how important do you think fives are overall? Like Zach, do you think it's something that like one in three tables or something should have a five? Yeah. Locally, at least I, when I'm setting up for tournaments, I usually try to put a five on like every other table. Um, I think the way that they kind of, and that's something that's kind of going to vary meta to meta and person to person, but I think the way that they break up, uh, sight lines and movement and like kind of make you have to consider the terrain layout when you're choosing side is like somewhat important to have to consider. Yeah, I will say, um, in the wreath versus Vince game, before I knew, before I think I kind of had an idea who was going to be playing there, um, but maybe not because I, I just as the game was wrapping up, we had been putting the building. Every big building was always on the edge of the table, just because from a, like a camera perspective, right? To like not mm-hmm. block things. I'm like, well, it can't always be that way. So let me do one game where there's going to be a building that you can move all the way around. Like Hulk could be behind this building. There's space for that. Um, and I found a spot that didn't look like it fucked with the camera too much. Um, but when 
uh, Reith and Vince rolled up the crisis and it was going to be infinity formula. And there was basically a building right between two infinity formulas. And they were both like, I hate this so much. But the fact that they both hated it made me like it. <laughs> At I mean, least it was actually makes it. Yeah. That's what actually makes it perfect, right? Yeah. Is that it equally affects the game. I agree with every other, potentially every third, because I feel like a five is a significant piece of terrain. And there aren't that many characters that can even throw or displays or do anything to a five. Oh, this, you know, this yeah. is just small. Um, and so, and it, yeah, it essentially <laughs> forces the board state to work around not just the crises, but the physical state of like any wall crawlers, any flyers you have. Right, like it presents a physical advantage that can be utilized by both people, right? Which is like interesting from a game. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, obviously, we had a gun line win the event, right? And so, yeah. you know, I, I'm not saying that our choice to not really have that many fives, like especially ones that are big enough to block LOS, like changed whether Vince was going to win, but obviously. If you don't have that many fives, that is going to favor some of the gunline rosters. Whereas if we put some more fives in the middle, that could create a lot more problems for the gunline. So, you know, that's certainly something to think about. And maybe some of the larger buildings that we elected to be fours need to be upgraded to fives next year. Um, yeah. and that's... Or it'll at least make you take Hawkeye more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, normally I don't like Hawkeye, but I, I respect Vince's choice. In that list, Hawkeye does mean things. Yeah. It also is kind of interesting for abilities that ignore a line of sight, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to grenade bounce off Domino. I'm going to throw a shield, right, from uh, Cap. And it's like, oh, whoops, you can shoot me and I can't shoot you? Like, this is bad. I have to like, <laughs> deal with this somehow. <laughs> Oh man, does it feel so bad when you're like standing on an infinity formula and you have like multiple caps and bullseyes or uh, bullseye camp, but uh, like multiple caps and stuff throwing shields at you from across the building? You're like, fuck this, I need to get over there. Yeah, like this is terrible. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, uh, out of curiosity, is there is there anything that you guys feel like you missed out on that you wish that you could have done? Like, did you miss playing in gymnastics or like miss like going to do some particular thing? Like I didn't get to play separation anxiety this whole time. And I kind of like every time there's a convention, I don't play separation anxiety. That kind of feels like a mistake on my part. Um, but Zach, did you, did you feel like you missed anything that you're just like, Oh, I kind of wish that I could have fit that in as well. Uh, the team tournament for sure. Uh, okay. I, I love team tournaments. It's like one of the most fun ways to play Marvel. Um, someone was trying to convince me that I should drop after day one to play in the team tournament instead, and I, I almost did. But that that's just such a great format that I wish I could have played. Yeah, and it fired at 16 teams. 16 yeah. three-person teams. How much more perfect does that get? I was so happy when I heard... That got an even because uh, we tried to kind of do a team event um, last year, and it did not. Ha there was like two teams or something that like really wanted to do it, um, but I felt like with how many more people we were going to have, that it had the potential, um, and that turned out to be a really good good plan. So that that is certainly something that we will we will plan to have back. Um, both of you guys stuck it out all six rounds. Um, do you think that that would be your invitational plan for the following year or, um, 
would you think you you might consider dropping for the team event in the future? I personally want more team events. I'm yeah. like every time in War Machine of the team event, I played in every team event, uh, just because I'm a maniac for them, and it's cool. Just get like uh, even it's good. To, find someone who you want to play with and then you need a third and then you meet random people that way you're like hey we need to pick someone up uh who wants to play with us <laughs> or getting all your bros together and just making the team and messing around right because it takes away the stress of you losing because losing one out of three matches is fine right like there's still pickups still bad matchups it handles some of the randomness you get to share success with your bros uh and two i just want team events in general to catch on fire like they did for this event uh, and be more of a, a thing. Uh, would I drop for Invitational to play one? I would. I've done it before. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on how I do the stage, yeah. right? What about you, Zach? Do you think you still stick it out next year? I'm just going to assume that you're going to qualify. That seems that seems like That's a safe assumption. Um, um, unless I, if I drop two games on day one, I'd probably drop for the team event. But in general, I. In general, I'm always more of a fan of events that don't have side events, if I'm being honest. Um, I think you get more of a sense of community, like everyone there is kind of there for the same thing, when there's just one event that everyone plays out the whole time. Um, whereas when there are side events, like yeah, it gives people more options, which is great. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, just not as much my preference. But it doesn't feel like there's so much of an LVO community because everyone there was doing different things, if that makes sense. That does make so. sense because I, I definitely didn't get to like the, the – I was happy to have Lexa and to have Lexa running the side events. But I was so wrapped up in the LCQ and the Invitational. I really couldn't absorb most of any information about them. Um mm-hmm. And so there is certainly a part of me that felt a little disconnected from those, but that's just, I think that's just a reality of the situation. As much as I'd love to feel more connected to them, um, we just yeah, there's, there's so many people, and so yeah, much we're to gonna do that go up to like four hundred people. Once. Yeah, there's gonna go up to four hundred people. It's not all gonna be one event all the time. Um, we're not gonna do that many other side events. Like we we've already decided. Like you played in some scrambles. We're a lesson I learned this year was have some set start times for some scrambles. Cause a lot of people came by asking and just going like, Hey, when, when, when are scrambles signups? And there just wasn't a set time. And I think if we just go, Hey, we will have a scramble starting at 11. We will have a scramble starting at noon. And then we will start other ones as well. And to give people a little bit more of an idea of when to show up for that sort of thing. Um, and then I think the, the separation anxiety tables will also give people something um, something to do, especially if they like wrap up a scramble, they don't feel like another one or just want to hang out and have a drink. Um, but, um, yeah, this, it is cool to see just all of the different players, but, uh, Danny, I kind of skipped over you for what did you feel like you missed out on? Uh, I, I mean, I got to judge Friday, so I didn't get to miss out on the LCQ, but I did miss out on playing a lot of scramblers and playing against people you know, I don't get a chance to play against. Um, so that was different for me, personally. Because uh, normally I just try to get as many games in and, and play the, the gauntlet of players you really get to see. Um, like, Zach and I were upsides of the bracket, so we didn't really have an opportunity to play against each other, unless we were mm-hmm. literally playing the finals. Um, so, like, there's just that opportunity. There's TTS and everything, but there's just something about the physicality, right? Playing a game and seeing each other's models and you know, rolling dice and being all cool kids. Um, 
in terms of events, it's I'm of the mind that a lot of people will go without even really thinking about the invitational. Like it's a consideration to them, but they're not already pre qualified and they don't necessarily believe they can go, you know, X and one. Um, and so they're playing games and therefore the side events, therefore the fun stuff, therefore the Sunday night werewolf, right? Uh, they're there to, to have fun, see friends, hang out, uh, and do stuff. And so, like, I always want that group of people to have stuff that they feel like they can do. Where it's like, oh, if if you don't feel like you can meet a certain level of play, then you're discouraged from going to events that they're singularly focused right on a finals event. Yeah. Um, and I don't want anyone to ever feel like they shouldn't go to an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So, um, having an opportunity, was there, was there anyone, um, that you met or hung out with that you feel like really like made the event special for you where you want to like shout out to any individuals or people that you met? Just like have a, have a people question, essentially. Zach, is there, is there anyone that jumps to mind to you as either people that just like made the convention awesome for you or people you were really happy that you got to hang out with, you know? You choose how to answer the question. Sure. Um, I, I think it was really cool that I got to meet a lot of people that I had either talked with on Discord um, previously, but who I hadn't gotten a chance to meet at any of the events from last year. Like Danny, for instance. This was the first time that Danny and I met in person. Um, this was the first time I got to meet Lexa in person after like speaking with her online and doing her podcast. So I, I tried to talk with as many people as possible and like get to hang out with people in the real world and not just words on a screen. Um, so I, yeah, I think Danny and Lexa are the two biggest ones. Awesome. Yeah. I think by comparison, like one thing I really liked about Adepticon is how easy it was to sneak away to a comfortable bar that was no smoking to just have drinks with people (laughs) that I was just meeting. Um, that is something that I, I wish we would have a little bit more at LVO. Um, but, um, what about you, Danny? Who who uh, uh, who impacted your LVO the most? Uh, well, one, I want to shout out that there's a ton of people local both here in Portland and here and up in Seattle along the way that I got to see. Sorry if I didn't get to hang out with you boys as much as I could have. Uh, but the two people that I never met in person that turned to, like just made the whole event for me was DeLuca. Because we got to hang out Thursday and Friday before the event. We got dinner multiple times. Just really got to bond over stuff, and it was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, Hyper Viper. And, cause I had never met that guy. I know most of the California dudes, but I just, you know, over the years I had met him. And he was just fun to hang out with. We got tennis, got to, to <laughs> hang out. Now. That's who I play separation anxiety with. And it was just like, a lot of fun. Uh, it was great meeting both those guys. And they sort of just made the, the whole event go very smoothly for me. Cause like by the end of Friday, like I was just dead to the world. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't care. I just want to eat something and then go take a shower and go to sleep. <laughs> Man, I do I do miss oh, yeah. that uh I did we didn't get to or at least I didn't get to do a uh Denny's part two. Cause Zach, you remember <laughs> last year we went searching for a restaurant that was closed, like for renovations mm-hmm. or whatever, and then so we were just like, Okay, we just have to fucking eat now and we just rolled into a Denny's. And it was super fun. It was probably one of my favorite Denny's experiences of all time. And so there was a part of me that wished that Sunday night could be like Denny's part two. But uh Ended up next ended year. up elsewhere. Yeah, I went to Denny's twice: once for breakfast, and once for dinner. So you had breakfast uh, at two different times of day, is what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. And it was delicious both times. I almost considered getting milkshake. I was like, oh, milkshake for a bed sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> oh, you got to get the milkshake at Denny's. Oh, that's like morning milkshakes, though. Yeah. You can deal with that. <laughs> Um, well, Danny, you, uh, you were my one and only game of LVO. Are we talking about that in the bonus episode since you challenged That's absolutely, me? Absolutely. That was in the bonus episode okay. I challenged you. I, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm not retaining all this information. All right. Well, you have me for? <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, if you want to hear about my one game that Danny challenged me to, um, that part will be in the bonus episode. But, um, well, like before we wrap up the primary episode, I mean, I just want to think like, Everybody who came out, like it was just cool seeing more of the community together, bunch of people having their first games against each other, you know, Lexa and Brian and Rick helping me and Tyson so much, like keeping everything together. It's it's always nice, like getting to work with Tyson. Like we talk so much throughout the year about LVO, bouncing ideas off each other. Um, it was really great um, meeting uh, Katie. Um, for the first time, I mean, I just saying the name, probably nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um, but, uh, Jesse from Fury's Finest, like we were talking, so both of us, uh, you know, encouraged our partners to join us at LVO for kind of their first gaming convention. And then Steph and Katie got to like super bond. Um, and she, like, there was a point Sunday night where I'm like, hanging out, talking to MCP stuff, and then all of a sudden I end up in this super cool conversation with Katie, and I actually, like, shifted chairs and stopped talking about MCP, and we were just talking about, like, Star Wars stuff and X-23 comics, and it was like, this is just a fucking cool person. Um, and, yeah, it was just, uh, man, it was just a, a great experience, and really, like, everybody contributed to it, so that's, you know, without me gushing too much about how awesome it was and even though I was really tired every night and just went and sat on my couch and like caught up on my, uh, Marvel snap missions in the evening to unwind. Um, but, uh, Danny, do you have any, uh, any closing thoughts for your, your LVO recap and stuff, stuff that we haven't hit on yet? Uh, no, just as a thank you to you and Tyson for all the time and effort you put into the event and shows. I think everyone came away with positive interactions and memories and I hope we just keep rolling it forward. Yep, I 100% agree, and feel like we set a we set a good bar, and I'm really happy that there was no there's a couple of minor things that I want to work on for next year. Like Zach, you and I were talking about, like we need to have something better in place if we're going to do the affiliation awards, and then someone who doesn't show up to a game, like how are we going to handle it? And that's something that Tyson and I are going to write a whole different plan to. And God, if there was one thing I could ask the community to do, it would be to fucking drop yourself when you're not going to play anymore. <laughs> like, you just scroll down to the bottom. Like, you can literally just scroll all the way down, and then there's a registration button. You hit that, and then there's just right in the middle of your screen, it says drop. And you do that, and you're dropped from the event. And then, we don't have people like Zach stuck with no game at the beginning of um, Sunday while your your buddies are playing in a team event. <laughs> but, Zach, what about you? What was... Any other recap thoughts that you want to share? Uh, yeah, I think just the one thing that we didn't really hit on um, that I was super happy to see was how diverse the top eight was. Um, there oh, were yeah. three Avengers, but two of them were dual affiliated uh, with different factions and two Brotherhood. But again, one of those was a duel with Avengers and there were no repeated single affiliations. Um no two people from the same state, which was pretty cool. 
uh, so diverse, not just in terms of like um, affiliations played, but also where everyone was from that was doing it. Uh, two Canadians even. Well, Reed's yeah. Australian, Canadian. I don't know how yeah. he's calling himself these days. I think he um, is an Australian, but he is currently yeah. living in Canada. So I think both can claim him. Yeah, so I thought that was a really cool Australian. <laughs> Austranadian. Yes, Austranadian. Oh my god, I love it. Reef, you're Austranadian. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, uh, one more one more fun question to wrap it up. I'm going to do a prediction question. Based on the uh, how LVO went, who's your prediction to win Adepticon? Which affiliation? Danny, who, who wins Adepticon? Oh. oh, baby. I think it's Brotherhood. You think it's Brotherhood? All right. I think it's Brotherhood. Zach, are you going to Adepticon? I am. Uh, and so I've got to say Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be like you winning with Guardians? Uh, yeah. Um, well. Honest prediction, though, I, I do think Guardians have a fairly good chance with Agent Venom, and especially if Bill gets affiliated. Uh, Ooh, I think they're would be one nice. to watch out for. The wealth of riches. Yeah. Yep. Man, well, we're just going to all go with our own affiliation for this one, because I'm going to say X-Men takes Adepticon this year. Um, too too good. Maybe it probably even has Psylocke and Emma by then. Yeah. Um, oh, man. They'll be out. Uh, but yeah, no spicy takes from us to round this one out. We're just <laughs> like, our favorite affiliation is going to win. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the primary episode here. Ended up being kind of almost a perfect even hour. Um, Zach, uh, I know you don't have a uh, have a podcast, but do you want to do you want to shout out to any other projects or episodes that you've been on that people could go track you down for? Um, yeah, it's actually not a media thing, but I do have a big shout out to do. Um, so we were talking about Texas MCP earlier, yeah. and Ryan Sherboga has, is spearheading this project um, that me and a couple others are helping with for a Texas MCP uh, gauntlet series where we're going to play throughout the year and earn points both individually and for your city, uh, culminating in a big event probably in November. So if you're listening and you're in Texas and you've somehow missed all of us posting links to our new Discord and talking about this, uh, hit me up, hit Ryan up for details and check it out. Yeah, Ryan's been talking about that a lot. It sounds really cool. Um probably going to do something at some point to like present that in a larger detail um for people but yeah that's that's super exciting um danny uh you've done a guest spot with lexa now as well have you done any other guest spots that i've missed i did the danger room one oh yeah yeah which 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 affiliation that was brotherhood magneto again staring out the window right yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah I mean, I, we can't rep ourselves. That seems yeah. backwards, right? <laughs> hey, you should listen to Danny, like, on his, on Omnus Protocol. He's the man. Prettiest hair of the podcast. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, funny story, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend messaged me today, and she's like, I had a dream about Danny last night, and he tried to get into Irish hurling, and I, and I was trying to explain to Danny, he's too pretty for that, and he's going to get injured. And, and <laughs> so I just want you to know, my girlfriend's looking out for you. You know, that's what I need more in life. Yeah. Looking out. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, listeners. Well, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, there's going to probably be two episodes this week as I try to get through the LVO content. So you're going to also have an LVO stats episode with uh, Jacob from Xavier Protocol. So look for the extra episode a little later this week. Um, and then everybody who's guesting still gets an episode to listen to this week. So, um, But I'm going to close things out here and just say the most OP thing that you can do is share your experiences from LVO. Because I'm sure there's cool shit that I did not hear about it. And I'm looking forward to it. Later, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>